You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe on this lovely Thursday morning. What up, Jake Martin from the Washita Citizen? Uh, just sitting next to the best broadcaster in the business. Uh, please. Congratulations, Thank first you, of all. Do you want to tell the people why you had to leave early yesterday? Uh, there was an award ceremony down in Baton Rouge, and we fooled them again. Uh, KNOE won best sportscaster. <laughs> what is that, three of the last four? Impressive. He hates to brag, but I'll brag. Full disclosure, I am not at uh, running at 100% today. Uh, I celebrated, and I celebrated in grand fashion yesterday. That's good. See, you're a little bit, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're like that, and I am uh, sick, so it's going to be a great show. Yes. We are going to be uh, well prepared. In fact, I would say this is the least prepared I've been for a show in a couple of years. <laughs> and I'm right there with you, because yesterday I just took a bunch of medicine and slept all day. So, all right, nice. you're in for a treat today. Yeah. I did, however, watch the game last night. Well, there you we'll, go. We've got a lot of stuff to come from that. I drove by the PMAC on the way home. That's about <laughs> the extent of my knowledge. And then, of course, waking up this morning and going through the Twitter feed and then hearing some of the post-game comments. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, my is right. All oh. right. So let's get to our headlines. And, of course, let's start with that. I want to say this, though, in terms of the honor and the recognition, I almost feel at some point, you know, there's so many people out there that do a job, and they don't get recognized for what they do. I was sitting there with my wife, and, of course, she plays a huge part in everything I do, and she the support from her is phenomenal. But, I mean, she literally works with special needs kids every single day that have Down syndrome or autism or other uh, difficulties. And she, I mean, literally has the patience of a saint. And she doesn't get recognized or honored uh, like she should. So I thought it would be cool today, if you know someone that just does a very good job at what they what they do, and they don't get the recognition that they deserve, just text us. Heck, we give them give a, a shout, shout, out. shout out on the radio. I think it would be pretty cool. Text us at 888-993-7762. Somebody that does a very, it's very good in their job and, of course, uh, are very passionate about what they do, they need a little recognition, let us call them out. Say something nice about them on the radio. That's not a bad idea. Will Wade is not saying very much nice about uh about Bob Marlin, is he? No. I told you I was going to struggle today. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, so, before we even get to the post game, let's talk about the latter minutes of the game. Uh-huh. LSU, for the most part, controlled this game. There were lapses where they didn't rebound well, and that's, you know, ULL Sporte. They would get some rebounds and create some havoc, cause a little bit of turnovers, and they would make a run at LSU. But LSU always had an answer. So LSU, you know, ULL would get within one or three, and LSU would expand it back to eight. So LSU, for the most part, controlled the game. Well, with the game in control, with 12 seconds left before free throws, Will Wade calls a timeout. Mm. Now, he later says in the postgame that he called timeout. Since they don't get to play us very often, I thought they should get to sit there and enjoy playing us. <laughs> so he calls timeout and turns over toward Bob Marlin, who, by the way, we played it several times, the, the clip of him kind of calling out LSU. Kind of. Yeah, well, calling out LSU. It's, it's Pointed out their RPI, then talked about uh, LSU's gym. It's not as nice as yes, their arena. Yes, and also, you know, kind of hinted that LSU was scared to play them. Yeah. So he shouts something at Bob Marlin. And by the way, those, that audio clip, was played on a loop at LSU's basketball facility nice. all day. So I thought that was pretty smart of them. Um, he, call, he, he calls timeout. He turns over to Bob Marlin, shouts something at him. Well, Bob Marlin, who refused to shake Will Wade's hand before the game, goes after him. I mean, he starts charging toward him, and he has to be restrained by his assistant coaches. And, of course, that draws a double technical. After that double technical, Will Wade turns to the crowd and starts waving his hands. I mean, Will Wade is great at playing the villain. Like, he, he's, if you get into some type of confrontation with Will Wade, he will gladly accept and gladly bring that onto the court. And so he starts waving to the crowd, and the crowd is fired up. And, you know, then the game ends, 
Wu Wei goes to shake his hand in the yeah. line, and Bob Marlin dodges him. Uh-huh. And Wu Wei uh, kind of erupts at him a little bit. So, anyway, we get to the postgame presser. Both coaches are not happy. Yeah. Both coaches are a little fired up. Um, you you want to start with Bob Marlin first, sure. and then we'll get to uh, one of Did many. he have to eat some humble pie last night? He they sh- wanted this matchup. They wanted this game, and then ultimately they could not get it done against LSU. He should have ate some humble pie, but he stood by his words that he had earlier this week. Here's what Bob Marlin had to say. What did I say? I mean, I said that we should be seated higher, and I believe that. I stand up for what I said for, and we wanted a home game. We won 27 games this year. It took them two years to win 27, okay? And we've had the highest RPI in the state the last the last two years. And, and But this year is what's important, and we had a heck of a team. Our RPI is 30 points higher. That's on the NIT. Uh, so if this game were played in Lafayette, it, it would have been a little bit di- different, in my opinion. But I, I backed up what I said. I stood up for my team and our, our program and our university. And we should have been a higher seed. And I'll still say it. I think Coach Wade said something along the lines of we're not afraid to play anybody. Uh, maybe they felt like uh, Cajuns felt like the, the LSU was scared to play them or something along those lines. I have no comment about what he says. I don't really care. If he can run his program, I'm going to run mine. And I'm going to try to build a class. Mike Caldwell. Uh, was, there, was there any point where you kind of had to tell the guys let's focus on the basketball and, and not what's going on? No, not really. Uh, our seniors are, are solid young men. I, I love the character of my team. And uh, they were focused on trying to get the lead. Uh, we just couldn't do it at the end. Coach Jakeem Gant did not play a full accompaniment of minutes. Where do you? I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good, but not as good as Will Wade's comments. So, Will Wade takes the podium, and he is fired up. So, leading into this game, and of course, you heard Marlon's comments about the RPI, the gym, and then earlier this week, of course, Will Wade was asked about it, and he literally brushed it off. He took the high road at that point, correct? (laughs) Yeah. He he took the high road at that point, but we're going to play the clip now, but I want you to know that he is not reading this off the paper yes. he is spout, he is spewing this off of memory yes. so you can tell marlin's comment struck a nerve with him yeah. and wade's one of those number crunching guys and so he had the numbers to back up why they were ranked or seated higher in the tournament fireworks in the post-game press conference with will wade well let me let, let me explain this to you there's this thing called the ncaa nitty-gritty sheet all right there yeah, their RPI is higher than ours, all right? They also played the 213th strength of schedule. We had the 54th rated strength of schedule. You say, oh, well, we play in the SEC, so the SEC stacks that up. We had 122nd strength of schedule out of conference. They had 172nd strength of schedule out of conference, all right? We have, we have nine quadrant one and two wins. They have one. 24 of their 25 wins... 24 of their 25 wins were against quadrants three and four, including an 18-point loss at Ole Miss, who came in last place in our league. All right? Now, I know they like to talk about their 27 wins in the RPI, but the RPI doesn't factor in, and they're big on beating all the Louisiana schools. Unfortunately for the RPI, you can't count your wins over Louisiana College and Xavier of New Orleans. It's not the way it works. And so we have a better RPI. I mean, they have a better RPI, yes, but you have to look at the sheet. If you look at the teams that got in the NCAA tournament, it's the teams that beat other tournament teams. We went 7-7 seven and seven against NCAA tournament teams. I was surprised it wasn't a 2-7 game and not a 3-6 game. I was a little disappointed. I thought it would be a 2-7 type matchup instead of a 3-6 type matchup. But they take shots at that. They take shots at our gym. By the way, we have an arena, not a gym. They take shots at our, 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 our arena um, and, and, and all that sort of stuff, and that's just – you know, that's not right. And we're not scared of anybody. We're not scared of anybody. Point blank, period. We have home and home series scheduled with Houston, who was 127, better than ULL. Home and home series that we scheduled with Memphis, 114, better than ULL. We have a home series coming up, home and home series coming up with VCU, 25, better than ULL. To talk about us being scared of starting home and home series with people and playing people is, is, is crazy. It's crazy. We scheduled better teams than them based on the SEC scheduling formula. 
The one thing I do agree that he said is he needs to run his program and I need to run my program and we'll do what, what sees fit. So one thing real quick on that, the SEC scheduling formula, SEC has a rule that you have to play teams with a three-year rolling RPI. And ULL's three-year rolling RPI was 138. And so when he was saying mm -hmm. those teams and giving their RPI, I just wanted to fill in that gap there. But, yes, how good was that? Uh, that was good, and we didn't even have the best soundbite in that clip. Uh, the best soundbite came, uh, he was asked literally about them calling a timeout, timeout with, what, 13 seconds to 12, go? 12, yeah. 12 seconds to go. He calls a timeout to kind of just rub it in. And his comment by Will Wade here, well, since they don't get to play us very often, I thought that they should sit there and enjoy the opportunity to play us. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, he just roasted them. <laughs> And he gave the, the stats and, and, and figures to back up everything. The the best comment to me I thought was I thought it would be a two seven game. I mean two two yeah, two seven game, not a three six game as as in terms of seeding. Man. That was good, man. The the fact that LSU you look at the game, Tremont Waters got into foul tr trouble early. So they did this without Waters really doing much at all. He sat out a lot of the game. And you saw, you know, Dwight Breath had a great game, which which was good to see because he struggled down the stretch in the SEC play. But not only did he play well, but the Louisiana kids showed up like Brandon Sampson. You could tell like they were playing with the chip on their shoulder. They wanted to win this game uh, for bragging rights in Louisiana. All right, I got a number of texts here. Uh, Randy says, y'all's opinion of the seeding. I, I think he's got a good point. I mean, do they should they really be a now, sixth seed in the, in the NIT? You think they should be higher? Yeah, obviously. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you're sticking to that because that's that's what you said yeah. earlier in the week. I agree more with Wade just because of the strength of schedule, and he point and he just gave you all the figures. So well, the fact that we're even having a conversation about seeding in the NIT, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> bottom line, who really cares? Okay, uh, and you we just got, basically wanted to have an attractive matchup that would draw some eyeballs and some interest. Sure. And guess what? It worked. It absolutely this worked. I don't know if it worked, you know, regionally or nationally, but. Uh, for a first-round NIT game, yeah, people well, got fired up. With with the what took place in the post game, it definitely got you know yeah. new, news spread around nationally because yeah. of what took place uh, after the game. But I'll say this: Did you think that Will Wade went too far with those comments? All right, we need to get into that. Do you, does this bother you that sometimes your coach may come across as a little immature? And uh, Gilbo, obviously, <laughs> he loves to write articles like this. He loves to poke the bear. He loves to poke LSU. He does that. We'll go through his column. He certainly took plenty of shots at Will Wade and Bob Marley. Yeah, so for me, did he go over the line? I think so. Um, but that saying that, I'd be lying if I said it, I didn't like yeah. it. You know, after what Listen, Marlon got, said earlier in so the week. We get so much coach talk and we coach We get speak. so much coach talk, first of all. Second of all, with this, with, with Will Wade saying these things and being fiery and, and waving to the crowd and playing up to the crowd, LSU basketball needed this. Yeah. LSU basketball, nobody cared yeah. about it. How many tickets did they sell last night for next year now? Uh, exactly, exactly. You've got people fired up. I mean, not only are you bringing in a good recruiting class, but you've got people talking about LSU basketball again. So so good for Will Wade. You know, I, I think it. I think everything's situational. I think you can take everything situation by you know situation. But when you when you look at this, I, I, I don't want him to do this a lot. I think this is a rare occasion where you're playing an in-state. No, I think you should start calling out Kentucky. Dude. No, no, yeah, no, no. That'd no. Be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a rare occasion where you're playing a ULL team that ran their mouth first, and so for that reason, I, I, I give him a buy here. But this can't become commonplace. Like he can't continuously do this. You don't want him yelling at the student body and <laughs> f them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what was reported. Yeah. By the way, that student body's right by Media Row, so all the media saw that. Uh, Tommy says uh, ULLL is the king of South Park. It's the Kenny of South Park in the NCAA. <laughs> Trent's got a texture. Obviously, he weighs in with LSU. Oh, yeah. He says, what a game. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, that was probably the best I've seen LSU play all season. They whooped Arkansas earlier, but because Arkansas sucked that game, Coach Wade ain't no expletive. He's putting some fire Back into our basketball program. How many times have you heard the PMAC go no, go nuts this year? Fans are excited. The players are fighting like tigers. Mm. He said, uh, Coach should have poked ULL crybaby in the eyes and then said, Captain Insano shows no mercy. Mm. Getting loads of text yeah. here. 
I can't even keep up. It keep. Vito says, Way did not go too far. It's about time that the Erica is a few LL, not UL, is exposed and called on the carpet. I applaud everything he did and said. ULL loses to LSU. Arrogance. Okay, he meant to say arrogance, <laughs> not Erica. I was wondering what that meant. I was like, is that an inside joke I'm just not getting? 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Look forward to catching up with West Washita's Mitch Thomas at 7.30. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, will join us at 8 o'clock. At 8.30, we cut him short on Monday, and this is a big day in ULM Athletics as they'll square off against Austin P. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us at 8.30. We have some hoops. We have them versus Austin P. We have the Lady Texas playing host to Missouri State at the top tonight. And it is Top 10 Thursday. Full disclosure, Jake came in here this morning, and he was a little upset. Well, I just, I'm not old enough to give a proper list. I'll admit that. Uh, the, the subject today is greatest announcements. We did both play-by-play and color commentary. I came up with a list, but I, I'm not very confident in it just because I haven't gotten to see the greatest in their prime. So I still took a, took a shot at it. Your list will probably be much better. Than that. Oh wow! I, I, I'll, I'll concede. I'll concede it today. It's just about. It's about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm much younger than you. You've gotten. Wow. A couple of the decades. The millennial may be learning over here. Well, I mean, it's just it's important to. I gate. I try to honor those in the past, but I can't really say, oh, I love them because I remember them calling this. No, it was before I was born. Okay, so, or when I was an infant and didn't really understand. So. That, that said, I did the best I could with this list. So we're asking for your favorite best broadcaster, correct? Yes. 888-993-7762. Who's the best play-by-play guy out there? Past, present? We want to hear from you. Future? 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. Welcome back to the show. What did we miss in the headlines, Jake? Was there a couple others that we did not get to that oh, you yeah. wanted to get to? Uh, first of all, shout out to Presley Galloway for Louisiana Tech. She threw a no-hitter in awesome. the Bulldogs' 8 to nothing win against I think LSU. they're the Lady Texters. I don't Lady the Texters Bulldogs. win over LSUA. Mm. Uh, also, Grambling won baseball 8-7. to seven. Mm. They led 8-2. to two. Alcorn cut it to one run in the 8th. And Daniel Bazer came in and got the save. Huh. Got a couple texts here. Uh, ben says, if Gus Johnson isn't on the list, I'll be highly disappointed. <laughs> I agree with you, Ben. You think Gus, Gus is list? on my list. Really? Yes. Uh, Quint says, so Jake can download a podcast but can't Google great calls from great announcers. Hashtag facepalm. Yeah, so <laughs> anybody can Google it. Like, that's that's what I had to do. You know what I mean? I I'm simply saying that I w- I didn't live through some of the or I didn't wasn't old enough to appreciate some of these at the time, so therefore you'll have much more you'll have much more personal experience to attribute with your list. Right. Uh, Tommy says Harry Carey for entertainment value alone. <laughs> Who needs facts when you got an ice cold Budweiser? So good. Yeah. And Richie says Wade bit his tongue on Martin's com or Marlin's comments until game time. I love it. What's that saying? Talk blank, get bit. Still rings true. Mm. Speaking of the incident with Will Wade and uh, Marlon throughout the week, and of course how it kind of bubbled over last night. So Glenn Gilbo, of course, writes an article, and he takes the, the route that uh, the kids played hard, they played uh, inspired basketball, and then the uh, coaches took it too far. They were immature in their actions. Oh, is this Gilbo's? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Well. Am I surprised that Gilbo wrote something like this? No. Um, I agree. Listen, here, I, here, I'll just read you a portion of it. Okay. Uh, talking about the fact uh, it was 84-75 lead for LSU, 12 seconds to go. And uh says, Wade, 35 years old, showed his youth with that timeout, which was akin to throwing deep in football with a nine-point lead with 12 seconds to go. 
Not a good example for your players. This got Marlon, 59, mad, and he did not show a good example to his players either, uh, with both benches starting to mix it up, including some assistant coaches not acting their ages either. It could have been a lot worse. Both coaches are lucky it wasn't, and that no one got hurt. Yeah, so I don't agree. I, I just, again, I think it's situational, simply because Marlon opened his mouth first. I said yesterday that I thought it would be chippy just because of those comments and because it is an in-state rival, not not really a rivalry, but it is two in-state schools playing one another. One school feels like the quote-unquote little brother, mm-hmm. and so they took a shot at the quote-unquote big brother. So I, I had a feeling it would get chippy. Now, Wade calling timeout, okay, I, I get it, but the fact that he called timeout and then shouted something toward Marlon – I can see why Marlon got upset. And if I'm Marlon, yeah, I'm probably charging at him too and having to be restrained by my assistants as well. But, hey, you wanted to, you chose to build this game up, and that's how Wade responded. Gilbo calling out Wade a little bit just in terms of his comments about uh, this being an arena, not a gym. He points out that Wade just a few weeks ago, I think it was last week at LaBerge at a speaking engagement, talked about that their arena, and he references it as a gym in that speech, <laughs> Uh, need some improvements. Also uh, talked about the fact of their schedule and, of course, uh, how they schedule some non-conference opponents in the state that are not the same caliber of ULLL. His conclusion, this is what Gilbert writes, in the end, one conclusion was clear. This was a good game, and there was no good reason why these two play programs located less than an hour apart on I-10 should not play once a season. Do it in November, December, before the students go home for the holiday. He points out, of course, that college basketball is a third sport in Louisiana behind football and baseball. Each school could use a lot more of an interesting, this is his words, a more interesting non-conference game. LSU hosted Alcorn State, Sanford, and Tennessee Martin this season. Why pay for such schools' travel and lodging expenses when you can bring the Cajuns in for much cheaper and sell more tickets, especially after this past game? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. They should play more. Good luck getting that to happen after what took place between the coaches last night. But, uh, yeah, that's a big money game. Bobby says, Wade was very immature in my opinion. If they can't beat a Sun Belt team by more than eight points, they will not go far. ULL gave them all they wanted. Wade was crapping in his pants with one minute to go. So what, do you, what were your thoughts? Do you think Wade – took it too far yeah but i don't mind it and then he needs to generate headlines and he needs to get publicity for this basketball program everybody in baton rouge is falling head over heels for this guy i don't have a problem with it because they certainly need some publicity and this will do just that (laughs) and listen i get so tired of this coach talk anyway for a guy to go up to the microphone and do that that was cool i thought it was cool too and i you could tell it, it has been bothering him like it's been eating at him the fact that he just spewed off all those numbers that he memorized, yeah. that he memorized, man, you could tell it's, it was bothering him. He was, he was ready. He was ready for that postgame presser. And by the way, LSU beat him without Brandon Rochelle. I thought LSU was going to be in trouble without him playing because he had been stepping up toward the end of the year. And so without him, that meant they had to play Epps and Reith on the floor at the same time for more minutes. And that hasn't always equaled success. I was kind of surprised LSU took it to him without Rochelle. Mm. Uh, Chris says it is reported that Wade yelled, quote, enjoy that blank, <laughs> quote. He said a lot of things last night, <laughs> a lot of obscenities. What happens, though, if LSU does get pretty good with this uh, talented class they got coming in next year? I expect them to be good, man. Uh, you got Tremont Waters coming back, who's – vision is just spectacular and when he when you bring in these Fords that they didn't have this year these really talented big men I can only imagine what Waters is going to do with those guys I expect them to be great next year and I, and I by the way I liked what Wade said before the NIT even started he said we're not going to celebrate the NIT we're going to look at it like TCU looked at it as a launching pad for greater success next year mm. Trent's got a, a text here. You want to read it, Jake? <laughs> Lots of exclamation points. We sucked last year, man. We needed the fire and Jesus. We have it now. Everyone on the team is playing better and better. Yeah. 
It's one win in the NIT. <laughs> <laughs> Pump the brakes just a little bit, Trey. <laughs> uh, it, it felt like a big win, though, didn't it? Like just because of how much hype went into it. Uh, what was the crowd they had? 8,000. 8, a lot of ULL people I there. expected more. Really? Yeah. I was uh, impressed it's, with that. If they would have played at the Cajun Dome, they would have had more. <laughs> <laughs> don't get Will Wade after you, man. I don't know if you want to go toe-to-toe with him. Uh, we continue to look for uh, nominations. Best play-by-play guy in the biz. can be in the past or it can be in the present. Hit us up, 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Becker Group 1 Realty Studio here in Western Road. John Tabor doing a fine job. Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Now join us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline from West Washita, Mitch Thomas. What's up, Mitch? How you doing this morning, bud? Good, Aaron. How y'all doing? Fantastic. Hey, uh, we're doing a little segment later on, uh, top 10 uh, play-by-play guys or broadcasters on this top 10 Thursday. When you're sitting down to watch a baseball game, is there a guy that you enjoyed listening the most to, perhaps, uh, I don't know, back in the day, Harry Carey or perhaps a Vince Scully? You know, those are two good ones. Um, I love us, those guys. I love us and John Miller when, you know, when he did the games. Uh, John did a good job. Of course, he was an Oreo guy. Now, I like Baltimore, so I like listening to him. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you'll ever get anything better than Harry Carey. Uh, you know, it was when I was growing up, we couldn't wait to watch those afternoon ball games with the Cubs. And, uh, you know, he was just he was fun to listen to. Well, you guys are fun to watch uh, this year. Uh, West Washington off to another strong, solid start. What do you make of the Chiefs this year? Uh, you know, Aaron, it's, it's been some tough ball games. It's aged me this year. Uh, We've lost five ball games in the in the, the last inning, whether it was bottom of the seventh or the or extra innings. But you know we, we we're getting better. Uh, we've pitched well all year. Uh, Luke Honeycutt, Thomas Wilhite, Peyton Parker, Caleb Butler, those guys have really done a good job for us this year on the mound. And uh, you know offensively we're starting to come around. And uh, again, I think you know for us this year it's going to be about pitching and defense and uh, trying to manufacture runs. And uh, you know hopefully. Uh, you know, offense will get better as the year goes along. But uh, right now it's all about pitching and defense with us. After the Sterlington win uh, Tuesday night, you said that you felt the schedule really helped you all out in that moment, going into the seventh inning down and, and rallying and winning that game. For those who, who are listening who, who don't know what type of schedule you all played, talk about the quality opponents you all played this year and how that has helped you in, in instances like that. You know, Jake, it seems like every game, you know, our schedule this year is, is loaded. Uh, we've played, uh, I think right now we've played, uh, uh, I think it's 14 ball games, and 11 of them have been against 5A schools. Um, and, you know, it's been against teams like Jesuit and Brother Martin and St. Paul's and Ruston and, you know, they, those, those quality of teams. And, you know, when you play those guys, you, you know, every mistake you make, they capitalize on. And, you have to play seven innings of clean baseball, and I believe that's what gets us ready for the playoffs. And it's no different this weekend. You know, our next two ball games are against two teams that are combined twenty nine and one. So uh, Sam Houston's tonight, and they're fifteen and zero. So again, it helps us. It's going to get us ready for the playoffs because last year, you know, we found out in the playoffs that uh, we had, we uh, made a lot of mistakes in the Karen Crow game. And I made this comment before that a lot of the guys that, that made those mistakes are back this year and. You know, they're understanding that, you know, if, if you do that against good teams and in the playoffs, you know, you don't get an extra day. So that's what these, these games are about right now. The schedule's about is that, you know, they're finding out every time we make a mistake, every time we leave a guy in, you know, in scoring position with less than two outs, that, you know, that's going to cost you down the road. So, um, you know, that's why I want to play this type of schedule. And, you know, it, now hopefully it's going to pay off at the end of the year. And you mentioned the, the arms that have been so good for you this year. A couple guys you mentioned, Luke Honeycutt, who's been a starter for four years. Uh, Thomas Wilhite, who actually you know, came on strong uh, over the summer and actually you know, committed to LSU. Something that, that interests me is you know, when you get these players that you know, Luke Honeycutt's actually signed with, with Louisiana Tech, when you get these players that get the publicity that they do, you know, sign with these big universities and, and commit to them, um, how have they stayed humble? Because, you know, you look at Zach Watson, you saw the same thing with him, and I think you see a lot of that in both uh, Luke and Thomas this year. You know, I, I think the credit goes to the, the guys around them, our coaching staff, and, 
you know, and those players individually is that they understand that, you know, how important it is to play well for this program, that the guys that's played before them, what they've put into it, and, you know, the people that come and watch them that's played in the past, that, you know, they want to play well and have success for this program. And, and they put their individual things aside. You know, they put their egos down, and they, they show up, and they play for West Washtenaw. And, you know, in this day and age, you know, it's hard to get kids to do that when they get a lot of publicity and a lot of individual, you know, achievements. But these guys, you know, they do a good job, you know, year in, year out when they – they're, you know, they've got college offers or they've signed of, you know, leaving their individual stuff aside and playing for the team. And, they, you know, Luke this year and, and Thomas, uh, you know, they've both done, you know, with all the accolades they've gotten, you know, they both come out and played for West Washtenaw and not for themselves. And I give those guys a lot of credit. And, I, you know, again, it's their teammates and all that. But they, they've grown up with these guys. You know, it's important for them to win with these guys. And, and again, the guys in the past did the same thing. You know, last year we had – you know, three guys go play college ball, but, you know, winning was more important than, than going to play college ball. So, um, you know, I, I, once again, I, I think it's just, a, you know, the culture of things we have out here and the way that, you know, what's important to them and winning and doing things for each other. So, uh, again, I, and I, those two guys have been, you know, grounded this year. They understand how, how important it is each, each ball game. So, uh, again, it, it's a lot of things go into it, but, again, the, the individuals, I give them credit because, you know, they're, they're not playing for themselves. They're playing for the team. Mitch Thomas, West Washtenaw's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Coach, uh, I know Neville's off to a little bit of a shaky start, but you look at this district, how would you handicap it right now? You know, Aaron, I, I made a comment Tuesday night that, you know, Neville went and watched them scout and play Halt, and they beat Halt, and I said, you know, this is the time of year they always start playing well, and it's usually right before they play us, so – um, you know, Neville's going to be good. They got all their pitching back from last year, uh, kind of like us. Their offense has struggled a little bit, but, you know, they got it together the day, got big hits. And, you know, they're going to be the team to beat. They're the state champs. They got their pitching back. So, in our district, they're going to be the team to beat. But, you know, Franklin Parish has got almost everybody back also. And then they added some transfers this year that are, you know, very good. And, you know, they, they got to the second round of the playoffs last year. So, you know, those two teams are, are, are really good. I haven't had a chance to see Bastrop this year. Uh, I know they're going to be young, but, you know, uh, I know with, with Neville and uh, Franklin and, you know, you know, we should be decent during districts. So, you know, I think our district's going to be really tough, you, you know, one of the toughest districts in the state. But, again, I think, you know, with Neville, Neville's the team to beat. They're the state champs. So, uh, you know, they're going to be the team to, to, you know, to knock off. Mitch, Jake and I have had this conversation. It appears year in and year out, the schools in the north, or especially in our area, get off to a little bit slower starts than the schools in the south. Is that true, and why do you think that perhaps is, and then you guys come on stronger at the end of the year and then in the postseason? You know, Aaron, I, I fully agree. I think the teams down south always start off ahead of us. Uh, you know, I really don't I don't know why unless, you know, the weather's a, a, a problem, you know, more of a problem up here and. And I know for us, and I know, and I say us, I mean North Louisiana. You know, we went weeks without getting on the field. Uh, you know, we weren't able to practice on the field. We weren't able to take ground balls, take live BP, which I think is huge. I think hitting every day is huge. Um, and I don't know whether you know our weather up here is just that much worse than down south, and they're able to get outside more. Uh, I know they have more turf fields down south, so they are able to get outside. So I think that's got to be a factor. And you know, by the time you know the, the end of the year comes, uh, I think that. We're all able to, you know, we're, we're equal then on getting outside on practice times, and um, I think we catch up. And, I, and again, I think our kids catch up with the caliber of play. And, and once we get to the playoffs, you know, I believe we're we're equal, not better than South Louisiana. So, you know, I, I got to believe that weather is a factor. And and, uh, and a lot of times, Aaron, the teams down south, especially the 4A and 5A, they're larger schools, and you know, they they're older. They, you know, very seldom do you play a Jesuit or a a bar, but you're playing sophomores. They're usually playing, you know, their senior heady every year. Or so, and up here, you know, we'll leave, lose a good senior group, and then our younger guys. It takes a while for them to jail. So, you know, I think there's a lot of factors, but I agree with you. I think early in the year, the, the teams from South Louisiana are, are ahead of, ahead of us. All right, Mitch. Uh, you mentioned that this team has aged you a bit. Do you ever still get out on that mound where it's batting practice and let loose and really crank one out and try to fool the hitters? Well, you know, I throw BP every day that we have it. Uh, you know, I still do that. Day I quit doing that, it's about probably the time I need to get out. But yeah, we'll have certain days where uh, uh, I'll uh, I think we need to, to, to take things up a couple levels. And 
Um, you know, it'll be a lot of breaking balls and, you know, you know, velocity's up a little bit. But I'll tell you, Aaron, I paid for it. it. used to be I paid for it the next day. Now I usually pay for it for a week or two. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it, those days aren't very often, but uh, we, we still do it from time to time. But, yeah, I definitely pay for it now. Do you talk a little smack when you fool a hitter or two <laughs> of your hitter? Um, uh, maybe a little. Maybe a little, especially uh, – if one of them takes a good swing on me, you know, he may he may need to get pushed off the plate a little bit on the next pitch or something. But you know, you know, I, I'm old, but I still got some, you know, I'm still very competitive out there when we get on the mound. But uh, the, the kids, you know, actually they enjoy it. But uh, yeah, it 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 ages me, and uh, I pay for it after I do that. Well, keep doing it for the old guys. Appreciate it, Mitch. Thank you. Hey, thank y'all for having us on. Appreciate all y'all do, Aaron Jake. Appreciate y'all. Mitch Thomas, West Washington's head coach. You think he talks trash like Woolworth? Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't think he's doing raise the roof and all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're still getting texts about Will Wade, by the way. Um, Joe from Russian says, Wade has a dangerous team next year. State teams don't really want to play them. Water, Smart, Mays, Rochelle, Sampson, Williams, Reed, Days. This was ULLLs, only real shot, rebounding, no longer an issue. Wow. Uh, Donald wants to know, do they ever put the radar gun on Coach Thomas? Oh, that would have been a good follow-up question. That would have been a great follow-up yeah. question. Huh. Huh. Michael says, Joel Myers is 50% of the reason why he watches Pelican games. So, how many – I'm not asking you to reveal your list yet, but do you have any sort of – I guess you said Gus Johnson, but do you have a lot of current guys yeah, on the I think it uh, looks like about uh, 50% of them are current really? guys. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jake is really worried about his list. I, my list is not great, man. It's just not. And, you know, I could I could make the excuse that I was, you know, on medicine doing it. But uh, the fact is, I'm just too young. I'm just too young. I, I Save did, that clip, Tabes. I did what Quint uh, suggested, which was Google. You know, I tried my best with Google. And YouTube. And YouTube. Yeah. But, uh yeah, we'll right. see. Top 10 Thursday, we'll get into it in the next segment. Uh, top 10 play-by-play announcers. That's coming up next. You can weigh in, 888-993-7762. Unfortunately in life, bad things happen to us. If you're struggling with some sort of trauma and want some professional help, you should consider EMDR, Trauma Therapy, from Amber White at Firm Foundations Counseling Monroe. Amber White is one of the few therapists in our area trained in EMDR therapy, a type of therapy which uses eye movement and other stimulation to assist clients in processing distressing memories and beliefs. Blue Cross, Vantage, and TRICARE Insurance is accepted at Firm Foundations. If you're interested in learning more about EMDR trauma therapy, call Firm Foundations at 654-7010. That's 654-7010. Or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. I'm just amazed that I was able to read that this morning, Jake. That was impressive. I know. Very impressed. An hour ago, I didn't think that would have been possible. An hour ago, I was wondering, you know, if you could even form a <laughs> sentence. So we're off to a good start. Richie says, good God almighty, Jim Ross probably isn't on this oh, list. Oh, Jim Ross. Jim yes. Ross should have made it. You know who else isn't on my list? Maybe <laughs> yours? Pam Ward. Nope. Uh, I thought you were going to say Joe Rogan. <laughs> I thought you probably got Joe Rogan number one. Number but, one, man. Yeah. Number one on my list. Uh, do you want to go through honorable mentions first? Sure. You're not a big fan of uh, Sean McDonald. No. Hmm. It's McDonough. Yeah. Him no. too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ronald McDonald, whatever. Yeah. No, it's uh, – I'm not – it's just so bland to me. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. It's just very vanilla – I'm sure he does all the proper things, mm-hmm. right, that I know is difficult about broadcasting. I don't understand play-by-play like, like you do. Um, but it just it, – it doesn't excite me. He doesn't – I don't think he calls the moment for me. Wow. If that, if that makes sense. I think he's solid. I think he's pretty darn good. Uh, is he wor- If he's solid and pretty darn good, is he worthy of being mentioned when you're talking about the top ten greatest of yeah, all time? Well, that's true. Uh, Brad Nessler, Chris Fowler, other ones, Dan Schulman now, Joe Buck, Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan is a good one. Yeah. That's, that's one that I didn't, I didn't consider it like, cause it's so difficult to get it down to 10, but that's one of my favorite NBA announcers. Mm. So yeah, definitely worth. Uh, I did not put uh Marv Albert on my list. I did. Huh. 
He made my cut. Uh, and I know because you, you didn't go old school. Uh, Howard Cosell, I did not put him on the list. John Madden. You didn't put John Madden I on didn't. the list? John Madden should probably be on there. Yeah. That's a uh, big punt. Joe Buck. You didn't put Joe Buck. Or I guess I'm thinking of Jack Buck. Mm-hmm. Did Jack I Buck didn't put Jack Buck either. Jack, Jack Buck or Joe. My list, my list is kind of like Your yours. list is bad, man. You're yeah. <laughs> Can somebody else come do this show, please? This is this is 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. All right, we got want to mix in a couple of calls. Hold on, hold on. I got one more honorable mention. Don Meredith. All right. Turn out the lights. Mm. Party's over. I did not put Jim Nance on it either. I didn't either. Yeah. I thought about it. Yeah. He's had some good calls. I like him more than you do. You you think he's very bland. I, I like I prefer him over Sean McDonough. Uh, here's one of uh, Nance's best calls. He's going to have to to get it close. He's going to have to put it up into the slope, though, somewhat. And, of course, it's made a lot tougher by having that second cut right behind the ball. It almost forces him, I think, to put it back and have to hit a low shot. He cannot put it up in the air with the, with the second cut that close behind the ball. You can see him putting it back in his stance right here and picking the club up like he's going to hit right down on it. And uh, he's picked out a landing spot that is a good 25 feet above the hole. Now, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seen anything like that obviously that as uh Vern Lundquist we got our, our clips in the wrong order there but uh he certainly made my list I put him at number 10 and I know you haven't been a big fan of uh, Vern and of course uh me yeah SEC football over the course of the last that I have been or haven't have been. been oh yes yes that's a point for me I've got him higher um yeah, Vern, for me, you said SC football, the oh my, um, from stuff you just heard, the, the Tiger call, which I love. I included that in my top ten greatest calls ever. Mm-hmm. I, I love that call. Um, and also co- college basketball. He's had a lot of good calls there, too. So I think Vern is definitely worthy of being in the top ten. All right, I got him at number ten. Who do you got? At number ten, Harry Carey. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he made my top ten. It's, Harry, who else has – who, what other announcer has SNL doing skit after skit about you, mm. right? I mean, the Will Ferrell uh, impersonations are hilarious. If you've never seen those, please Google them. They will crack you up. But uh, Harry Carey was a free soul, man. He called baseball, and he called it like he just didn't care. He, he said whatever came to his mind, and that made for quite a compelling broadcast. Tabes, should Harry Carey be in the top ten? Of announcers, eh, to me personally, yes, but overall, it's debatable. You don't have him in your top ten? You know, it's he's not in there. I think he should have been. <laughs> yeah, like I said, my list. You sucks. were supposed to carry us today. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree today, Jake. Okay, buddy. Uh, yeah, listen, he should, I got nine Tariko. Yeah, she should be in there instead of Tariko. I just – Face palms. Like, that's <laughs> – come on. I like Tariko, too. I do like Tariko. I don't think he's top ten. Yeah. I, and I, I – you know, I think he did – him and Gruden did a great job with Monday Night Football. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Sean McDonough had to come in. But, uh, yeah, Tariko did a great job, but he's not top ten. I'm sorry, buddy. Who do you got nine? <laughs> You're going to not like this. Pam Ward? <laughs> Nobody – I guarantee you I'm going to be alone in this yeah. and thinking this guy's okay. top ten. All right. Kirk Herbstreet. <laughs> okay, let me explain. No matter what you think or believe, yeah. nobody knows college football like yeah. Kirk Herbstreet. Nobody knows the teams and the players better. I guarantee that. He does his homework. And you know what? I think he's an underrated color guy. Mm-hmm. He calls the games well. And so he, it's been, you know, I, I've really grown to appreciate him and Fowler on, on the primetime games for ABC over the years. And it just, 
it, it keeps going. I keep going back to who do I consider to be the best? Who do I want to tune in? Who do I want to listen to? I want to listen to Kirk because he loves college football and he does his homework. He yeah. knows those teams. He knows those players. So for that reason, I think he's, I think he's top ten for me. I didn't know you were going to put color guys in your list. Though. We just oh, okay. Are you kidding me? We we're, we included color guys and we just talked about John Madden. That's true. <sighs> I, I agree though. Herb Street. You're going to give me Herb Street is very good. Okay. All right. Uh, as I revise my list, I revise it. I, at eight, I got Jim Lampley. Calling a big prize fight. You know what? I don't have him. Yeah. That's an that's a, that's another worthy one. You uh, got I'll, it at eight. I'll give you that one. At eight, I've got Vern. That's where I had Vern. At seven, and you know I'm not a huge hockey fan, but when I do watch hockey, I listen to this guy, and he is. I think probably if I was a bigger hockey fan, he'd be in the top five. Mike Emmerich. Never heard him call we a saw, game. No, but I've seen some texts from Mike Emmerich, so yeah, some listeners unreal. definitely agree with you. Yeah. How he describes the game. Well, uh, I'll take your word for it. I'm not a big hockey guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, number seven, I have Dick Enberg. Mm-hmm. Is that too low? I think Dick Enberg is in the top five. Okay. He's a legend. I mean, he nailed every broadcast. You had to Google that, and you had to do some uh, YouTube stuff. Yes, from Oh My to Touch Them All, uh, Dick Enberg. Uh, at number six, I got Al Michaels. Oh, big punt, brother. Mm. Big punt. At number six, I got Marv Albert. When it comes to watching an NBA game, I always look forward to, to hearing Marv Albert because, you know, he when I grew up, he, he, he painted that picture for me. Uh, but also, he took you inside the locker room. Like, he always had great stories. He's been around for so long and has seen the best of the best. I always enjoyed Marv Albert's commentary, not only on the game, but about the players and, and players of the past. At number five, I've got Keith Jackson. Another punt. He's top five for me, man. I got him at five. Oh, he, oh we yeah, are at, five. at number five. Okay, well, he's <laughs> top three for me. Sorry. Uh, at five, I've got Pat Summerall. Mm-hmm. That's who I've got at four. Okay, so we're close on that one. 22 seasons with arguably – one of the greatest color commentators to do it, John Madden. Uh, their partnership stands at the top of the pairings for me. If we would have done pairings list, I would have had them at the top. Um, I caught the tail end of his career, but, you know, when I watched old games on the NFL Network and, you know, all those games, his commentary really brought the game to life for me. So Pat Summerall, without a doubt, is top five. Jake already mentioned him. I've got him at number three, Dick Inberg. Okay. At three, I've got uh, I've got Keith Jackson. I've got him because college football is my favorite, mm-hmm. so of course Jackson has to be top three for me. And something that has always stuck with me, and I don't know why, because it's not even that clever. But whenever Reggie Bush have have like one of his biggest games on on the, on the main stage. He said, hello, everybody, meet Mr. Bush. And that just, I don't know why, but I've always remembered that. And that was over a decade ago. And it was just his voice, his voice was legendary. And it just, it goes hand in hand with college football for me. Mm. Uh, Ronnie says, uh, Jake is dead on about Herbie and it pains him to agree with Jake. But there it is. <laughs> there you go, Ronnie. It's not bad to agree with me every every once in a while. Yeah. Another text, how about Jim Nance for golf? Uh, that dude and that dude from Telemundo who yells, go! Oh, you, that's Aaron's number one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. uh, where are we at? At number two, and I, a lot of people think he, he goes over the top, but I like his enthusiasm, his I'm curious. I'm curious. Gus Johnson, man. Oh, my God. I miss him on March Madness. You have him at two? He's, he's, I just love it. It always seems like he gets to call an unbelievable game or finish. I know that is extremely high and that probably way overrated. Listen, he, it's way overrated. He is great in those moments of calling game winners. Yes, buzzer beaters, man, that's the guy I want calling it. But top ten all time, Aaron? I really disagree with that. Number two, I have John Madden. You know, the man so iconic that he'll never be forgotten in today's world simply because of the game, Madden NFL. Um but he was the coach in the booth, you know, drawing X's and O's and dishing out knowledge for decades. His personality and distinct voice made him an icon in my eyes, and he welcomed me into the greatness of Monday Night Football. Like, he made that a, a must-see event for me. So I have John Madden at two. 
All right, at number one, Vince. So yeah, Vince say, Foley yeah. at number one. Okay. I have Al Michaels at number one. Mm. Uh, we both thought he had the greatest call with a miracle on ice. Um, he's cunning. Uh, he's lighthearted. He's, he has, he's seen it all, really. I mean, he's called some of the biggest events ever, and he can still muster that boyhood excitement. You know, it's like he's, he's just seeing sports for the first time when he calls things. So I love Al Michaels. I think he's the greatest. I don't ever see anybody replacing him as my number one. All right, there's our top ten. Did we hit it out of the ballpark or did we whiff? 888-993-7762. We got a, a, a plethora of texts that so we many. need to get to. Uh, let's go to a couple here. Ronnie Monroe says, uh, why does it always seem like ULL always hires loudmouth head coaches? Good point. Maybe they always feel like they have to say something to generate some kind of news and some kind of headlines. And Marlon, he was really deadpanned when he delivered those remarks last week. I don't think he was loud mouth, but he got his point across. He definitely got his point across. He said it in an arrogant fashion. I'd almost prefer you to be a little bit loud mouth than say it as dry as he did, because it came off as, it just came off as, you know, being pompous to me. Uh, Donald says, I can't speak for Coach Thomas's baseball prowess, but when I was a freshman, he was also a basketball coach, and he constantly out-rebound all of us <laughs> in the gym. And keep in mind, he couldn't have been any taller than five foot nine, if I had to guess, and that may be generous. Great coach, no matter the sport. Mitch Thomas joined us early in the show at 730. And Ty says, I'm at work calling in sick when March Madness kicks off. Mm. When I was in college, man, I skipped all of them. Ty also says, don't forget when uh, Vern called uh, Happy Gilmore that one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Trey says, I'm a little surprised that Dennis Miller did not make either of your lists. Blame Aaron. He's yeah. supposed to be the, be yeah. the expert on this. <laughs> uh, what else? we got one more here from uh, Larry. Uh, just about, if you talk trash, you must back it up next time if the NIT comes calling after ULL wins. There you go. Let's take a timeout. Seven Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.